Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey everyone, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I'm really excited to sit down with a good friend of mine today, Billy Jean Shaw. A lot of you know him as Billy Jean is marketing. Billy is literally the best in the world at creating YouTube for sales, at creating videos that sell. And he's going to share so many how-to things with you guys that you're literally going to leave this podcast a better, more effective marketer on video. So whether you're in video right now or whether you're thinking about adding it to your brand, number one, it's a must-do. And number two, he's going to give away literally the secrets, the how-to steps on how to do it. Before he does, though, I want to remind you that my mastermind is filling up quickly in terms of the applications rolling in. Now, I have not started my pre-qual phone calls yet, but remember, it's first come, first serve for getting your application in line. I go through them all. I look for the best fits. I set up a phone call, and I see if it is a great marriage between you, myself, and the existing group. So, if you're interested, go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Who is it for? Any upper six-figure earner, anyone who is at 300 grand or above, or those who have just barely squeaked over their first million, congratulations if that's you, by the way, looking to learn how to get past the multiple seven-figure range year after year after year after year. That's our expertise. That's what we teach. And we do it through a very careful collaboration of both teaching, celebrity entrepreneurs that come in and teach you, and great collaborations and exercises as a group. I absolutely love it. It's the thing that lights me up more than anything else I do. And I love the impact that's creating in all of the businesses for those who are already in it. So even if you're just curious, even if you're just nosy, go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Click apply if you want to apply for it. Don't let those negative self chatters get in your way. We all have them. Power through anyways and click apply if you are interested. You never know if you're going to be the perfect fit. I'm not always looking for the wealthiest fit. I'm looking for the perfect fit so that the group continues to lift each other up. Now, let's talk about Billy Jean because he's about to rock your world. Like I said, he's literally the best in the world at creating YouTube content that sells. Matter of fact, he knows how to sell better than anybody else. And he makes countless millions of dollars by doing it himself and, of course, teaching others how to do the same. Get this. He has over 300 million views on videos that he's created. Imagine reaching 300 million views on the stuff that you have created, right? He's getting over a million views a day on some of his videos, but it hasn't always been this way. Billy grew up in a family that was on welfare, but then he also went to University of San Diego with a lot of wealthy kids. And so he's got this really cool story about he got the, the, to see and experience both ends of the spectrum and how that shaped him and his money mindset today. You're going to love what he has to say about that. We also have a great conversation about helping more minorities succeed in business and what we can all do to help and what Billy is doing to help. And then he also gives away his free formula for selling online. This is not one of those come ons to get you to buy some. He literally, we just get into a conversation. I'm like, all right, take my brand. What would I do? Because I'm not on video enough. And he says, step one, step two, step three, step four. So I'm really excited that he teaches you how to sell on video, how to make your content viral. I think you guys are going to leave this episode better marketers and better business people than you are today. So listen up, get ready, because this episode is fire. 
Billy Jean, my friend. How you doing, man? Chris, my dude. Thank you for having me. And the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to take over this mic right now. And I just want to shout out Chris and Lori. Um, I was going through some some personal shit uh, not too long ago. And I mean, they just we had a we had an hour long conversation over dinner. And it was I mean, it was just what I needed to hear to just wake me up, take me from this, you know, relative dark place that was in and just bring me back to 100, man. So um, when you when you asked me to be on the podcast, it was an absolute yes. I'm a big fan. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And, uh, you know, I, I needed the jolt. So uh, everyone continue to listen to this podcast every day of your life. Like transcribe every word to every episode and read it daily. <laughs> like do do whatever you gotta do, but just keep following the man. Oh man, let's just end it right there. That's it. You you, you <laughs> guys heard Billy. Thing. That's it. No man, thank you so much for that. That dinner was actually awesome. That was a great night, and those are the conversations that Lori and I love having the most with our friends. And you know, we haven't known you for years and years and years, but we became immediate friends in my opinion, just because I love what you do, I love what you stand for, and I know what kind of guy you are. And so, you know, count on us in your corner any single time. And it, it goes right back the other way. I love it. I love it. Let's do this. Let's give everyone a chance to get to know you. And I do that with a little bit of rapid fire in the beginning. It's just kind of a yep. fun way for my listeners to get to know you in a hurry. And then if there's something really good that comes up, we'll do a circle back and do a deep dive on it. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, cool. Let's start with really easy. Where'd you grow up? San Diego, born and raised. Best city in the world. Do not go anywhere else. Everyone move to San Diego. <laughs> it is the best. The best weather, the best people, the best environment. I am so biased. It's crazy. I know. I'm going to argue Santa Monica is better. Where do you live now? <laughs> San Diego, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm not leaving. <laughs> Favorite quote you've ever heard? Um, never lack of resources, just a lack of resourcefulness. Ooh, isn't that the truth? One of your superpowers. What is it? Probably being creative as hell. I just do not see no's. I, I truly genuinely don't see obstacles. I just say, you know, how can I? And I figure it out. If anybody could get anything from you, it's that I'm not kidding. If you could just kind of make sure you, you sprinkle a little bit of that on everybody. What's one of your favorite yeah. books? Do you read much? Dude, I read a lot in 2016, like crazy. And then uh, I slowed down in 2017. I've picked up some things here and there. I've been I've been watching a lot of like YouTube lately on weird stuff. Um, but uh, one of my favorite books for entrepreneurs is Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. It's very tactical and it goes step by step of how to grow your business. Anybody who's listening to this right now and you believe that your business is unique it's not. And you need to read this book right away because you realize that business is business is business is business. <laughs> and uh, it just like highlights every challenge that you that you currently have, that you had and that you're going to go through and allows you to kind of it's like the cheat code to, to business. OK, I'm totally reading that next. What's one thing that you're challenged by right now? <sighs> wow. <laughs> one thing that I'm challenged by. Well, there's several. I would say um, learning that my business is not my life. My business is a vehicle to feel my life. Ooh. And creating an identity outside of business has been a journey that I've been on for the last few months. And man, it's been, boy, I, I've just learned so much, dude, like about myself. And it's it's been an extreme flip that has been hard to master. We might circle back to that one. Favorite speech you've ever given? I've seen you do some awesome speeches. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Oh man. I, I would say, um, you know, I, I really had fun at traffic and conversion summit, uh, 2017 last year. Um, I mean, it was two, I think it was 2018. It was this year. It was top of this year. Um, in January, I just, the crowd was right. You know what it is, man. When an audience really already knows who you are, 
it really is an advantage and like it it changes the the feel like i felt at home they felt at home they understood my person like my personality and my inappropriate jokes like you know <laughs> what i mean like it was just like a match made so yeah that was cool oh my god i freaking love it uh who is someone who's changed your life my i hate to be cliche but my my parents really did they just consider i mean they both grew up on welfare with nothing and for them to provide the life that they've given me, I'm really, really fortunate. That's not cliche. I think the some of the best people I interview, they all have that same answer. And so yeah. obviously that just puts you in good company. A couple more rapid fire. What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments this far? Um, a long time ago, uh, a buddy of mine, um, he had a business, he had a team, he had an office and I walked in there and I was like, dude, wouldn't you just make more money by yourself without all this crap and this overhead? And he said, man, let me ask you a question. Would you rather build a dream by yourself or would you rather build it with your friends? Mm. I said, oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> and then so my favorite thing is is that answer. When I walk into the office, you know, there's 25 or 27 of us and we all have this common goal. We know each other. We're a family. We laugh together. We cry together. We build together. We change lives together. And, man, it's just it's a feeling like no other. When I was doing the solopreneur thing, which doesn't really exist, but when I was doing it, Man, it, it was it was lonely. Like entrepreneurship is the loneliest sport in the world. If you make it that, that's what I learned, and I made it that, and now it's not, and it feels great. God, that's good advice. Couple more. One regret you have? Have any? Um, for letting my health diminish along the road to entrepreneurship. Um, as entrepreneurs, we focus so much on taking care of others we put ourselves on the back burner so frequently, right? And then having a, a child, being a dad, it was like, okay, now my focus is my team, then it was my, you know, my customers, and then it was, you know, my family, and then, you know, no in a particular order, just all of these different things, and there was very little time for Billy. And, you know, that was my biggest thing, and I just, like, I stopped doing anything that I like to do. I stopped working out. I've always been the most in shape person I, I've known, and I let it diminish. So now I'm back on the road. I'm down about 13 pounds now. Now, having drinking gave that shit up and uh, I feel great you know I'm, I'm on the road that's awesome that a boy that's so good to hear you ever want to catch a workout let me know let's get it last question but maybe the most important one was something generous you've done recently I just <laughs> I just actually we turned it into an ad we like filmed it in shake so you could see his reaction but I just bought my dad a Rolex oh that's um, awesome yeah, and, it, and, I, and I hate to say like generosity and then mention something like a Rolex because it's a little like counterintuitive because it's it's really not about the money. But, you know, in 2009, when the economy went to went to shit, uh, the car business was really affected. And my, my dad and my family, my personal life was really affected by it financially. And my parents just were never really able to recover in the way that they wanted to. So to be able to give my dad that when honestly, he probably wouldn't be able to get it himself. Uh, man, you know, it's. It did. It just, it felt, I mean, you, you realize you trying to find happiness by serving yourself is almost impossible. But the second you start serving others, you know, it, everything changes, you know, you, you feel lit up in a different type of way. So, you know, that, that happened, uh, I think two days ago. So, Man, yeah. that's awesome. And by the way, never apologize for attaching a, a really cool material thing to, you know, saying, Oh, I don't know if this falls under generosity. Listen, sometimes some of the best things you can do is just give somebody a leg up, just give them a, mm. just give them a break, you know, just give them like, something to be happy about. That is equally as generous as maybe feeding somebody. Touche. I like that. Cause you never know the ripple effect. You know what I mean? Mm. I yeah. love it. All right, let's get a little bit deeper in the interview now. And wait, real quick. That's powerful. You never know the ripple effect. You yeah. never know what that did. One gesture did. Wow. That's beautiful. You know, yeah. I mean, let's play, let's play, you know, silly fairy tale game for a minute. What if your dad is sold it up because of new Rolex that he goes and is he still in the car business? 
Yeah. Okay, so you know now he goes back to work. He's got a little bit more swagger, a little bit more confidence. A family comes in. He somehow gets them into their dream vehicle. That family right. ride around in their dream vehicle now has new swagger, new confidence. They may start a business. Yep, like the the trickle effect could be massive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I love it. All right, now even though we've been friends for a while, I don't know much about your upbringing, and yeah. obviously the listeners don't either. Why don't you kind of give us the Cliff's Notes version of like how you were raised, where you were raised, and how it shaped you today? Wow, I like this question because I like to talk about it, and I think there's something to be learned from it. So I have two tattoos on my inner wrist. One says vision, and one says perspective. So like I was saying earlier, my parents both grew up on welfare. Now, what does that look like for me and my cousins? My mom was one of 13, and so there's like 55 of us first cousins. And we used to always go to her house. Now, keep in mind, this is a welfare house. Like, it's in the hood, and we'd all go over there and— through that, you see beautiful moments of a big family and a different type of love that's hard to explain. Um, the other side of that is extreme poverty, extreme violence, extreme rage, extreme drugs. You know, I had an uncle that was murdered. My grandfather was murdered. My, um, you know, many uh, aunts and uncles, drugs, you know, homelessness on the streets, anything that you can imagine, right? But I'm exposed to this as a child, and I got, I got. This is what I meant when I said I got lucky earlier. My parents got were lucky. They're the ones that got out of the situation. My dad was selling cars, but he was like phenomenal at it. He's like with the best salesman I know. So he was able to make enough money to take us out out of that. So we had these apartments that were like kind of in the hood, and then we moved to like this house, and then we moved to like this house on a golf course. And I got to see this from like when I was young to like high school, this progression. So I got to kind of go outside of that. And then they put me in private Catholic school my whole life. So I grew up with, you know, all these kids who, you know, some would probably call quote unquote privileged. I don't know if privilege is the right word. They just grew up how they grew up. And I got to see this really unique perspective. Uh, when I went to the University of San Diego, they called it the University of Spoiled Daughters for is the joke. <laughs> but I met some of the wealthiest people in the world there that were like in my fraternity and things. So me seeing these other, you know, the private jets and these freaking mansions and all the whips and all this crazy shit, me seeing both of those lifestyles has made a defining lasting impact on my current state of mind right now and how I approach life. And the biggest thing I've noticed between the two is education is everything and mentorship. So let me give this breakdown and not to go on this too hard, but the average of the five people you hang out with, everybody hears it. Well, the people that I went to like University of San Diego with, even if they didn't grow up with quote unquote money, the average of the five people that they saw is like their uncle was like a truck driver. You know, the one maybe have been a lawyer. The other just have like some county like corporate jobs or whatever, period. Right. That was their five. Now, they would believe that they really didn't have any mentors growing up because it's whatever. Right. Except like the lawyer, maybe. Now, the other side in extreme poverty, their average is literally prison, murder, drug, and maybe one person who had a job with enough to support their family. And a lot of people who believe that their success was all them and they refused to look at the environments that they came up with and the blessings really need a reality check. 
And at the same time, the other side that thinks that these people aren't hardworking because they had some good influences around them, they need a reality check. So you have this miscommunication between the two sides because neither understands the other's perspective. Mm. And that that really drives me these days. Dude, that is so good. Let me, let me ask you about your money mindset growing up. So you, you know, grew up in a family, like you said, that was on welfare, but then you end up uh, being experienced to this kind of privileged life, so to speak. So you got both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Talk to yeah. me about how your money mindset kind of shifted over time. Well, I got see again, luck, right? My dad was into sales. And like I said, he did good. So like when he was coming up, he was the one with cash that the family was asking him with money as he got momentum, right? Not like that in the beginning. So for me, he created a mindset within me that money's out there, Billy Jean, you just got to sell. Right. So I've been selling. My dad used to tell me no on purpose so that I'd have to sell my way out of it. Daddy, can I go to this party tonight? No. And then I had to sell him. And every, every single, Dad, can I, can I walk out? No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just consistently made me sell. So my money mindset was that it can always be achieved by selling. And when you grow up knowing about sales, you realize that anything is possible. So I was selling my teachers on my grades. I was selling the kids at school to, you know, uh, play the sports that I wanted to play and go to the places that I wanted to and go to the parties that I wanted to. Like, I was just selling forever. So my money mindset was like, it was possible, but yet I didn't know anybody who was like uber successful. So it was always kind of a fear that like, dang, like, can I really make it happen? Um, and then because of it shifted when I went to university of San Diego and I saw these guys have real fucking money, like hundreds of millions, maybe even one a billion. Like I just was, I just, I, I still can't even talk about it cause it was so mind blowing that this was possible and that people lived like this. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, their family did well, not like super well, but they did well. And they took us to a trip to Mexico. And when I got there, I had clothes laid out on my bed and they had outfits for me for the week and they had a chef there. What? And I literally said, I looked at my ex-girlfriend, oh my God, man, I haven't thought about this forever. And I looked at it and I said, why is your family like need to feel like they need to do all this? I didn't take it into appreciation. I mean, I was, obviously I was super generous. I thanked him a lot, but all I could think about was like, dang man, like your family's just like wasting money out here. Like, why are they living like this? I couldn't, I couldn't understand it because I just knew so many people didn't have, it was really hard to embrace, you know, having, and I didn't have either. You know, I didn't have any money. So it was it was really a mind fuck. And now it's really ironic because I'm that motherfucker on those trips now. <laughs> it's funny. So let me ask you about this. You've seen the people that absolutely need a break. And you've seen the people that have more than they could ever count and take inventory of. You yourself now are massively successful. You have beautiful everything, the cars, yeah. you name it. How do you reconcile still being in touch with the people that need a leg up, need a break. You know, they're, they're dying in poverty right now. How do you reconcile having the nice stuff at the same time as knowing those people are out there? You asked me a question a minute ago. You said, what was the biggest challenge? Honestly, that might be it. Now that I'm thinking about that, it's, I don't know that I do, you know, I still sit with um, a certain amount of guilt that is, you know, watch this, Chris. So if for anybody, if you've ever seen my ads or anything or see us online, I wear basketball shorts and a t-shirt almost daily. And you know what, I, I think that's probably part of the reason is I never want people to look at me, especially minorities, man. And when you get into minority land, like you don't see too many people who are successful, typically that outside of musicians and sports, 
And so me not having that stigma, doing it in a different way, I've felt this like almost requirement to always kind of stay true. Meaning like, I just, like I, I if I wore a suit, I would probably feel guilty. Cause I feel like I would stop discuss. Like when I'm a, I'm a member to a couple of like private members clubs and stuff. And when I go to eat dinner there, I spend most of my time conversating with the staff, not the members there. Cause to me, that, that's like who I am. That's my connection. So like my dress affects it the way like everyone knows, like I curse a lot. I curse because I always, I know that everybody in those situations, they curse. It's normalized. It's what you do. It's how you communicate. So the second that I change the way that I talk, I change the way that I dress to be all of these other things, I believe it loses some of my power to be able to connect and inspire. And and it's a personal preference too. I just fucking like doing the shit. <laughs> you know, like it's just me. So uh, man, it's a it's a really hard balance. Um, you know, but it's it's uh it's also too wide like my membership site, right? We charge 109 bucks a month. I genuinely believe someone can learn more in our programs than they can in college. And I get all the time when I deal with coaches, they go, "Why don't you up your prices? Why don't you up your prices?" Because I never want to forget about the person who I know would never be able to afford more than that. Mm. They go, yeah, but they're not the perfect customers. You know, they're 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 not going to do the work. They're lazy. Da, da 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 da. I'm like, that's the fucking problem. Everybody gets so greedy and they're so fucked up on their own mission. They forget that, dude. You, you're here to serve. You're here to serve. And if my job is to serve, if I do go up in that price, I am now, I am now lo- losing the ability to help as many people as I would like to. And I feel selfish about it. So I keep that price the same, even though I think we could double, triple, quadruple our prices because I believe I can help more people that way. Uh, And then also, too, what I did is I just created a higher ticket program on the other side and I sell that one when I need to sell more. But that low ticket to the fucking masses, to me, man, I always want to be the most affordable but most brilliant, like, education for entrepreneurs in the world. To me, that's that's a legacy. I love that you're doing that. You're t- you're standing up, you're taking responsibility for saying, I need to make this accessible to anyone yes. who's willing to roll up. There's, let's be honest, $109 a month. If you, if you are in business, that is a, that is accessible, right? Anybody exactly. can find that if they want to find that. I love that. Let's, here's what we don't talk enough about on the show, and you brought it up, and that is minorities and success. Yep. Talk about that a little bit more. You said outside of basketball players, you know, musicians, yep. et cetera. There's just not a huge level of success. How do we change that? Man, man, this is, this is on some other stuff. I just, I think we need more one spotlighting, you know, not just African-Americans, you know, Mexicans, Asians, yellow, orange, pink, whatever it is, spotlighting and showing, like when I, when I was growing up, when you look on TV, you didn't really see a lot of black people in any like, you know, professional roles. Um, and when you and if you guys look at movies in like the 90s, especially like, you know, the 80s, but in the 90s too, most of the black roles that you saw on TV that everybody was seeing because TV had all the distribution, you know, was like the janitor, the robber, the drug dealer, you know, the, you know, not well spoken. Right. So, like, for example, there's a you hear people say something like, man, you don't you don't talk black. This is what white people used to say to me in like college and shit. You don't talk black. You, you don't talk. You don't talk like that. And I'm like, hold on a second. So because I'm articulate and intelligent, you're now associating those things with white. Yeah. Wow. You're associating those things with white. And you're basically telling me if I don't sound articulate and I and I and I sound like I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Now I'm black. Wow. You see the poison in that? Yeah. So it's it's for me, it's like, dude, this is this is more examples 
um, empowering more people, giving them more tools to become successful. You know, like it's I just feel that duty. That's like my life's work, you know, social responsibility. I believe in it and just um, paying it forward. Like you were saying earlier, like I just really believe we have a, a duty and obligation, you know, and, and I feel that weight heavily. Even if I wanted to quit like entrepreneurship and do my own thing, I wouldn't because it's bigger than me. I'm a vessel. God, that's you know so well said. And you're right. I didn't I never noticed. But growing up, let's use 90s sitcoms. It was just all white families making jokes, right? And, yeah. and you're yeah. right. Any roles where you saw a lot of African-American people, it would be somebody helping out or something like that, like other than, let's yep. say, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But even then, you could say that they kind of right. painted it as he got the handout and all that. Yeah, and he was living with his uncle. Yep. And, and watch this. And those were like the, the steps, though, right? It was like, well, you saw Fresh Prince. It's like, okay, cool. And that's why, like, so, for example, when – Black Panther came out recently, mm-hmm. right? Like it it set records for how much it was sold. And you saw this ridiculous, large, energetic movement from black people everywhere to support the movie. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize is what we were saying is, man, it feels great to be represented in such a positive light. Man, that feels good. So the black community came together and was like, well, this is great. Like, let's let's show. And that's why the movie did so well, because it was about so much more than the freaking movie. You know, mm, I love it. I love it. So well said. Let me ask you this. You're the best in the world at selling on YouTube right now and creating video content for social media. Is there something you're doing or is there something you can do to help um, minorities succeed using these skill sets that you have? Well, man, I, I put out like an insane amount of free content, you know, so like we I probably have a thousand videos between YouTube, Facebook and Instagram teaching. I go Facebook like so if you guys ever come to our office in San Diego, I got like 10 GoPros and cameras set up to live stream all of the time. And it's free. I go live. I do sales calls live. I do agency meetings live. I go live and just do q and I'm always teaching live, always Love teaching that. live. And part of it's selfish because, you know, it does help us get more sales too. Sure. So it is two-sided. But then the other side is, dude, it just feels good to fucking help people. Like when people, nothing makes me happy when I get a message and people go, Billy, your free shit helped me more than the stuff I paid for. I go, Yes. <laughs> I love you know it. I mean? And by the way, Billy, that's not selfish. You know why you need money to sustain the message. You can't you continue go. to help people that you want to help if you don't have the money to back it. Mm, that's real. I love it. That's real. All right, let's talk about YouTube and, and selling. Let's use me, for example. I have yeah. darn near zero video content out there. I've never made it a priority. I know it's a huge missing gap in my brand, in my life, in my business. So using me, what's the first step I should take? And am I too late to the game? Definitely not too late to the game, especially on YouTube. Actually, this is funny. So I just recently spoke at Social Media Marketing Day, right? Look at the title. Uh, There's about 500 marketers in the room. And these are the marketers that are more advanced than your average folk. I said, everybody, raise your hands right now if you're spending at least 100 bucks a day on YouTube. Guess how many people rose their hand? Hardly. One. Oh, just 100 bucks a day. One, one, literally, and this is a room full of marketers for big corporations and like, it's a solid audience, one. So too late, not even close. It's still, it's still baby. I mean, the potential is everything. So the very first thing I would ask you is, okay, Chris, cool. Uh, You wanna go on YouTube? Great. The first question is, what three problems do you solve for your your audience and who is that audience? So let's start with the audience. Who's your ideal customer? Um, Entrepreneurs, probably in the close to six figures or barely over six figures. Okay. So entrepreneurs who are close to six figures. Then I would ask you the question, all right, who do they follow? Guys like 
Grant Cardone, yourself, Lewis Howes, um, Ed Milet. Uh, Gary V. What's that? Gary V. Gary V. Totally. Cool. So first thing I would say, I was like, great, Chris. Well, now we just did your targeting because you can go into YouTube right now and virtually just select all of those people. You just type in their name. Boom, boom, boom. And then everybody who follows them will now be your audience. Cool. Targeting's done. Nothing more to do there. Next thing I would say is what problems do you solve for those people? Mm. Money mindset, a lack of self-belief and resourcefulness. Mm, okay. So lack of self-belief, right? Is the first thing I would tell you is to shoot a video on your cell phone, wherever you are, you could be walking somewhere. I would tell you to take these things, three things into consideration, props, music, and environment. I would say, Chris, I want you to find some props that are going to be pattern interrupts, something that people see and they go, what the hell is that? And I'd tell you to find it on Amazon music. I tell you to go to audiojungle.net. You can buy songs for eight bucks and you can search by emotion. So you could do something like type in the word emotional and it will pull up a bunch of songs that are emotional. You can buy them for eight bucks and legally use them. Environment, if you're talking about beliefs and kind of going on that side of things, I would say you, you know, you're outdoorsy and super athletic, maybe start on a mountaintop with a crazy view that's gonna catch people's attention. And then the very first line that you wanna ask is to solve that problem. Hey, do you want you know health, wealth, success, and blank, but you struggle because there's a little voice in the back of your head that's constantly telling you, you can't do it. And I would pose that, that's my first question. And then I would give them some solution. Well, if that's you and you're struggling with that to the point where it's holding you back from getting this, this, from taking care of your family, from blank, blank, and blank, well, here's what I recommend. And then I would say, pull up a whiteboard, wherever the hell you are, and I would write out like a three minute lesson, and I'm sure you can give somebody a breakthrough in 60 seconds. And tell them exactly how to fix it. And then the next thing I would say is, hey, if you're watching this and you're still watching this video on YouTube, address it, break down the fourth wall. And you found this helpful. Well, I put together an entire 25 minute training that's going to show you exactly, not just how to kill this belief, but also your mindset around money, abundance, blah, 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 blah. And guess what? I'm gonna send it to you for free. So do me a favor and click this link in the bottom left on desktop in the top right on mobile. And then for about 10 seconds, I would tell you to tell the people to press the button because on YouTube, people aren't trained to press the button like they are on Facebook. Okay. And once the timer goes away, they can't click anymore. So you would exaggerate and really tell them, press the button. And come on, what are you doing? Press the button, blah, blah, blah. And then once they do it, I'd bring them to a simple landing page, ask for their name, email, and phone number with the exact words that say, to who and where should I send the video training? You collect the lead on the next page. I would have you breaking down to them for 25 minutes about how to have these breakthroughs. And then I would offer something and make a sell. And I would make enough money on that sale to fund the advertising budget, and I'd let it run again and again and again and again and again. And that exact formula is how we built up our membership site to over 5,000 members now. Dang. I mean, if anybody just listened to what you just said over and over <laughs> again, they wrote out the steps, they could then start building a giant database, couldn't they? Right now, this second. Wow. And what's a what's a appropriate spend per day on video? So a couple of things. Huge note for YouTube specifically. Everyone listening, YouTube doesn't charge you unless someone watches 30 seconds of your video. Oh my gosh. So when people are uninterested, they just go away. Next is to get a view, it could cost you anywhere from one cents to 10 cents. So even just starting small, right? Because every business is going to be different depending on your objectives. But even just starting small, everyone here can do five bucks a day 
10 bucks a day and you can get super targeted. In addition to that on YouTube, you guys, you can advertise on certain videos. So Chris, you just said, hey, you help people uh, um, with self-confidence and believing in themselves. Well, people are actively searching right now on YouTube for how to be more confident. You can show up on select videos if they allow it and say, hey, looks like you were searching for how to be more confident. Well, my name's Chris and I'm gonna teach you right now. And that could be your whole advertisement. Damn. This is the power you can do. And there's a free uh, tool that everybody can use here. There's two of them. Write these down. Number one is called the Keyword Planner. Number two is called the Display Planner. And both of those are free tools that Google provides that allows you to get data. So, for example, you can see exactly right now the second how many people are searching for what you just said, Chris how to um, uh, get more confidence, right? And you can see exactly the amount of people that search for it every single month. And if there's not a lot of people, you change the keywords. And if there's a lot of people, you start bidding on it. They also tell you how much it's gonna pay, how much you have to pay to get in front of those people. In addition to that, the display planner will tell you any websites that have to do with self-confidence and beliefs that allow advertising. So your ads can show up on those websites. So all this data that I'm giving you guys, most of this is free shit, free shit. You just got to learn how to actually use the tools. And that's what we teach. <laughs> Damn, that is good. I love, okay, what you're giving is so valuable. Now, let me ask you about the next thing that paralyzes people. Um, how do you deal with some of the bullshit comments, the negative comments that you get when you really put yourself out there on video? And I feel like this is what holds most people back from yeah. grabbing that phone, doing that selfie video and saying, here's what I stand for. Two things. Number one is the classic, you feel what you're focused on. You will definitely, the only thing I can assure everybody listening today is you will get trolls, you will get haters. And if you read those comments and you focus on that, as opposed to the five people who just told you they love you and it changed their lives, you will lose. How do you do that? By practicing. Practice. It happens every day in your life. Someone says something negative. In that moment, be aware of it, acknowledge it, and choose to focus on something positive. Next is owning the fact that you will suck. <laughs> you will not be good at doing video your first 100 videos. But you know you need to do video, everybody, to survive. Mm. So you don't really have a choice if you really like doing business. You got to get into the game and own the fact that it's gonna take you a hundred different times to actually become decent on it. When you own that mentality of it's not gonna be this overnight thing, your expectations change and you start enjoying the journey a little bit more because you're not expecting this like, well, I did two videos, why am I not rich? Why don't I have a bunch of customers? You realize that practice makes better. Mm, it's like man up, woman up, and get those hundred videos out of the way. Like the faster you can just pump those yes. out, the, the faster you're gonna get past that fear. Exactly. Man, I love that. What uh, you've given so much free value so far, by the way, I'm just so grateful for it. What oh, yeah. else should people know when they want to sell using video? What's like one secret? What is one, anything you can give us that'll change the game for people? I, I would highly recommend to review every video that you did and you ask yourself one simple question. Or you ask yourself two questions. Did I tell people about it or did I demonstrate? So for example, Companies, entrepreneurs, we love to tell people, hey, my name is Billy Jean. Um, I've won these awards. I've spoken at these stages. I've done these podcasts. I've da 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 da. You can say whatever the hell you want, but nothing you do will be more powerful than giving results in advance. 
and actually teaching somebody right there on the spot and letting them go, holy cow, that two minutes was powerful. I want more. That's the only way to build a business and a true brand. Mm. Next thing I would ask you is how many of you create videos and then ask yourself this question? Well, did I make them smile or laugh? And that's what people forget. Remember, if I ask you guys like in a traditional business model, why do people buy? They'll say, oh, because they like me. You know, we have a good relationship. That's like my brother. That's my sister. That doesn't change on the internet. It's amplified, actually. So you have a duty to show your personality. Be you. Make someone smile. Make someone laugh. Because if you don't, and it's really all about information, people don't consume like that. You may justify and rational lie to yourself that, well, this is super informative and people like will be helpful because they just want the information. People are like me. They're logical. They just want the information. There's no fucking human like that. Humans are all the same. We want to be happy. We want to be entertained. People are on social media because they want to be social, not because they want to buy your stuff and study and learn. They want their problems solved and they want to be entertained while it happens. Entertain, educate, execute. Man, it's so true. So what's next for you? I mean, you've mastered video, you've mastered sales. What are you doing next to make an impact? More impact. So for example, like we got the 5,000 members in our gene pool. Um, I want to increase our reach to 10,000. And we are getting, man, we're, we're advertising so much. Uh, for most of this month, we were getting over 1 million. Uh, our ads are seen over 1 million times a day. Jeez. It like, it's crazy what it's done for branding too. Like, man, it's, it's been nuts. Like every time I go outside, I've been recognized and I, I can't even remember how long. And it's all because of these ads. So right now, everybody, you guys, you can create your own positioning and celebrity by simply advertising. And if you're saying, hey, I don't have the budget. Listen, if you make more money than you're spending, are you actually spending or are you getting paid to advertise? Ask yourself, is marketing for you an expense or is it an asset, Yeah. right? When you learn how to turn to an asset, that's when it's huge. So for me, that's our biggest thing. And also to tee up the standards of how we deliver content and how we teach. So for example, I just invested a lot of money into building out a full studio. So if anybody's ever been to a luxury movie theater before where they have like the recliner seats and they bring you food, and if you haven't, you should go, the theater will be like that. There's 28 seats, recliner seats, it feels like a freaking nightclub meets like a Saturday Night Live set. And it just feels like a billion dollars in there. And the whole thing is created to teach from. And so I'll have the most successful musicians, athletes, and entrepreneurs, because I know that's how I'm going to reach more people, like we talked about earlier. Um, and instead of talking about their music career or their newest song or you know, this, they're all going to talk about the business, Damn. right? How many times have you seen an artist and go, what happened to that person? Don't you want to ask them, well, what happened on the business side? Why didn't you do this? That's what the gene pool is all about. Learning from the people that are actually out there doing it. And man, I'm just excited to like, explore that and dive deeper into that. Like I want to have Oprah in here. That's where my head's at, you know? And I know to do that, I got to work. I got to have a lot more guests before that. I got to perfect our model and I have to have a really compelling reason for her to come. Who is your absolute dream get besides Oprah? Well, I would say, man, I, I think Mark Cuban is He's been such a gangster for so long, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people I got to meet, man, and got to connect with. And also to like Rob that you introduced me to. Yep. Dude, I've been fucking following Rob forever. And he's like 
the epitome of creative marketers, which I'm all about. So that was huge to be able to do that. So mad, mad props to you. And thank you very much for that opportunity. I appreciate it. Oh man, my um, pleasure. That's what it's all but, about, right? It's, it's always an equal energy exchange for us. There you go. And so, uh, just, uh, man, I think, I think just the people who are like, so if you've seen the advertisements for that company masterclass, mm-hmm. um, I love that. Like just, just anyone who's top in their field, you know, I don't know if it's a one person for me. I think it's just people with mass influence and sharing a different side of, uh, entrepreneurship that's not typically shared and giving people literally step-by-step guides to accomplish what they want to accomplish. I know you said you didn't want to promote anything, but I'm going to put you on the spot. How do people become a member of the gene pool? Oh man, I think it's either trythegenepool.com and it's G-E-N-E because that's my middle name, G-E-N-E. Either trythegenepool.com or jointhegenepool.com, but I think it's trythegenepool.com. And uh, yeah, man, you guys should definitely become members. Uh, we I'm live every Tuesday and this is what we talk about. I go tactical. I share my screen. I got four cameras on me while I teach. And uh, we, bring in, we bring in badass guests once a month, like some of the smartest entrepreneurs in the world. Matter of fact, I'm going to put Chris on the spot since he's putting me on the spot. Chris, do you want to come down and teach one of these days? Dude, I would love to. I'd be honored. I will light that place up. Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. So, Let's do it. Speaking of making an impact, you said more impact. What, what roles generosity played in your life? You know, it's like a, for me, generosity is like our b- biggest saying inside like our company culture is treat others how you want to be treated. And something that I have found a lot of um, happiness with is just security for the people that I love. So for me, like, obviously there's like big charity things you can do and like writer checks and those things are fantastic. But where I find the most joy in giving is giving for the people around you. And it's just like the small things. So like someone in the office mentioned like, you know, man, I need some new shoes and just ordering it on Amazon and not thinking about it and giving it to them, you know, being out with your, your, your boys and everybody orders around a drink and there's that awkward time where they're like, Oh, well, whose credit card is this going to, Oh, waiter, can you split this up seven ways? And I go, no, just put it on mine. Like, I love that. Like, and just being able to take care of the people who take care of you. Like it's the small things that go far for me. Um, so that's probably the thing that makes me like the happiest is just really just taking care of the people around you that do so much for you. Um, and also taking care of strangers, like just being able, small things, being able to tip well, you really hit it out. Like how many, I remember there were so many times I had like a great server and I was like, man, I wish I could tip this person well, but I just couldn't cause I didn't have the means. So I think it's, Dude, I think it's the small gestures for individuals, that one-on-one act of kindness that then creates the ripples for the mass effect. That's where I like to spend a lot of my, guess, generosity, so to speak. I couldn't agree more. I'm not kidding. The unexpected brightening of someone's day is sometimes better than writing some big five or six figure check to a giant foundation. They're both important. Don't get me wrong. But yep. just lighten people up day to day to day, giving them a little break, right? Because people go through life each day being like, man, when can I catch a damn break? Giving out little baby yes. breaks that then set that ripple effect, that's one of the best things you can possibly do. It's everything, man. It's everything. And even team, like we talked about team earlier, like when they level up and they progress and they're making more income and like I'm seeing some of them when I met them and they started working here, they had like four roommates and they're like, well, I'm getting my own place now. And like, you know, I'm like, this just little shit like that is just like, man, that's cool. You just, you just see the impact. Is it really creating jobs when the best things we can ever do? Isn't it the best? Man, amen to that, dude. It feels great. God, I love it. I, I mean, I lit, so we do, um, every other Monday is payday for us. Cause I like, 
I like Mondays because I like making people feel good to start the week, not you know, like payday Friday. And so Ooh, every Monday, wait, really quick. That's, that's, that's a nice tip. Right oh, there I love listening. it. Y'all are listening, I love it. Right. Imagine yeah. coming in every other Monday and everybody knows that's their payday. They're excited. Dude, you know what? That actually goes deeper. People will probably save much more money yes, too. Cause they don't blow it on a weekend. Wow. Yo, I might implement that right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is a game changer psychologically. I'm not kidding. And so we do it on Mondays and every single paycheck I hand out, my team's not as big as yours yet, but every single hand, paycheck I hand out, I say, thanks for what you do. And I personally mm -hmm. hand it with that. Thank you. It's the mm -hmm. best feeling in the world. Wow, dude, that's huge. I love it. All right, man. Last question. Maybe the most important question that is this. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth and success? I've always had a heart considering like how I was raised and you guys know a little bit about my background for like wanting to help people and I can trade my time uh, for help all the time, right? I can go to the beach right now and I can volunteer and I can pick up trash. Um, and those are cool things that I think should be a part of the, the giving regiment. But let me tell you, there's nothing like being able to, you know, like just think about this. I can go outside right now and I can pick up trash, but if I have wealth, I can hire a thousand people to go clear out a coast. <laughs> Ooh, such a good <laughs> analogy. It's like one, one is one is you're putting a dent into the earth. One, you're leaving a crater. My man, such <laughs> a good analogy. That is the best way to put a nail in the coffin on this thing. That is the best way to paint the picture of why everyone should be unapologetic about their pursuit of their success and their wealth. I can't thank you enough, Billy, for all the free step-by-step -step information that you gave before. And so we're going to make sure that we put... Uh, links to the gene pool and uh, where to find you and all that stuff in our show notes. Where is the best place for everybody to follow you and get all the stuff that you kick out on a daily basis? Really quick. Thank you for having me. Um, and also, to I loved our conversation. You know, you can listen to a, a lot of podcasts. I love how we got to talk about real fucking shit that impacts people on a daily basis. Um, and again, even though, you know, I've talked about black people or white people, or yellow people like guys, just people in general. If we all understand each other more, we can all help each other more. And I love the fact that we got to have this conversation today. Me and I too. hope that somebody here it resonated with. Um, if you guys want to follow us, just Billy Jean is marketing on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, go to our website. I would say follow us on Instagram. I've, I've been doing a lot of Instagram lately, trying to go Instagram because I've ignored that platform for quite some time. And I'm like, we should go all in on it. And I have fun with it. So if you, you want to see some, some fun stuff in the office and some cool tips and stuff to check us out on Instagram. Billy Jean is marketing. Man, you know what? I forgot to ask you and I wanted to ask you. So a 60 second answer, being that you're the video guy, what do you think IGTV is going to do and how should people use it? I'm undecided. I like, I've, I've been thinking about it and I'm, I'm truly undecided right now because I don't know enough about it and I just want some data. Is anybody watching it? Yeah. You know, is it happening? Is anybody really doing it right? Like, is it a medium? Do people want to watch on Instagram? I just, I'm, I'm on my heels, kind of like sniffing around, seeing the advertising uh, opportunities, but uh, undecided right now. But I will, I will update you then. All right, man. I'm, I'm waiting for the expertise. I'm waiting for the update. <laughs> Billy, I can't thank you enough, man. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your guidance. I am coming down whenever you want me to, and I will seriously bring the goods for anything I can serve you with. Thank you, brother. You're the man. And everybody continue to listen to this damn podcast. <laughs> listen to it every day. I love it. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. 
it would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.